Hello, how's it going? I'm Megan Lawton and this is Who You Don't See, the podcast that celebrates the people behind the stars. In this series, we chat to people you might not have heard of, but who are key to making the magic happen. So we'll hear from creative directors, songwriters and artist managers. If they work with a household name, this podcast exists to give you an insight into their world. Our guest this week is responsible for making Dua Lipa sound as good as she does on stage. We're speaking to Callum Lloyd-Williams. He's a producer and sound technician who's toured the world with her and a whole catalogue of other artists. You say one screen, but I've got like six screens to look at constantly and just check. You know, I I look like a psychopath if you ever come across <laughs> me in a gig. I'm just like, you know, standing with my arms crossed, kind of just staring at a load of computers, just looking like, you know, some type of bond villain or something i'm gonna admit i had no idea what callum's job entailed before chatting to him but it turns out he is a musical wizard and taught me all about building songs for the stage in comparison to the studio whilst we were all baking banana bread in lockdown callum was working on dua lipa's live stream concert when non-lockdown life allows he also tours with zara larson and played a role in ed sheeran's world tour which by the way is the highest ever grossing tour So that's kind of cool. In our chat, we speak about long days on set, keeping calm in intense moments, and learn which artist has the tastiest catering. Enjoy. Hello, Callum. Thank you so much for doing this. So if you take your mind back to a time when there were bars and we could approach each other in a bar, (laughs) and I got chatting to you in a bar, and I said, what do you do for work? What would you say? Uh, I, I used to really struggle with this, and I never knew how to answer it to make it um kind of so i could people could understand what i do kind of in the easiest way but now i just i just tend to say i work in uh, i work in the music industry as a as a kind of first answer and then if they go oh what what do you do i say i'm a sound engineer um playback tech uh, backline tech, lots. Of, I wear lots of hats, so it kind of depends depends who I'm working for that that month, kind of thing. Playback, because like we got in contact about Julie. I know you've done a lot of work with her yeah. in playback, whatever that role is. My Google search is this week because I knew <laughs> I was talking to you. It's like, what is playback? How to be a playbacker? Like, <laughs> can you answer it for me? Because I am none the wiser. Yeah, I mean, the name of your podcast kind of sums up like my role is not supposed to be known really because you know to the audience they should turn up and not really have to understand how everything works but in in, to sum it up uh this tends to be uh more of a kind of uh in the pop scene uh basically um it's kind of the equivalent of putting a cd on but in a way way more complicated kind of setup and making sure it never fails um because pop stars have you know lots of backing tracks going on uh lots of elements that involve uh the computer side of live music now so that's basically my job to look after it make sure it works every night and never goes wrong hopefully um and yeah run the show basically from from my end so you are the guy who presses play, but also there's a lot of mixing involved within that. It's not just like those fake DJs who pretend to be doing stuff like no, you're actively uh, yeah. doing stuff. Totally. It, it, um, 
my my kind of end goal with any project that I make is you know I should just have to hit one button and it and it works. Um, but there's a lot involved to get to that point in a way. Um, we need you yeah. to design the world one button and it works <laughs> would really work for me. <laughs> yeah. uh, I want to know how you got into it, but before that, I want to know how you knew it was even a role to get into. Um, I kind of, uh, when I first started getting into, um, working in live music, I was, uh, I was a, a sound engineer. So the guy behind the mixing desk, uh, doing the sound for the audience or doing the sound for the band. Um, and then as I kind of progressed my way up into the industry, uh, the bigger the shows get, the more crew obviously, and the more roles that get spread out instead of maybe one person looking after the whole thing it's you know several different departments um and especially in the pop world um kind of the playback role is seen as you know a you know there's not a lot of guys that specialize in it so i was kind of i put kind of took a step back and went okay maybe i'll, I'll just focus on this angle of you know of the show kind of and kind of work my way where i want to be and try and try and get to the top of the industry basically doing this this role so that's how you got, you kind of entered as a sound engineer, got to know the landscape, who else, the kind of positions at play and thought there's a little niche with my name on it. I'm going to go yeah, into Yeah, so, I mean, it, it comes, my kind of history uh, started in studios, uh, recording and mixing bands. Uh, and then that kind of role was very similar. It's the same programs and things like that um, that I used uh, for the live show that the same ones of the studio. So I already had the knowledge. Um, I just didn't have say like the last 20% of the knowledge that I really needed to kind of learn. Um, and I just, yeah, I just got my head down and, and learn what I needed to learn kind of, yeah, now, now I'm here. You are here. You are here <laughs> because people don't see you. Who are you? <laughs> I don't even know how to word this. Give us an idea of the kind of people you are playing back for. You are. <laughs> I, wish that was, I wish that was what it was called. Um, uh, so I've my kind of my main role now is working for Dua Lipa. Um, I've worked for her for the last 18. It's really hard with the pandemic to like to what, know what a time span is anymore. Um, but I'd say <laughs> um, 18 months to two years ish now probably nearer to 18 months um and and as you can probably tell she's such a busy project to work on that that, that i've been working solely for her but um previous to that i worked for zara larson doing a different role um to playback but uh over the last six months during the pandemic because a lot of her crew are swedish based and with the travel restrictions and stuff zara spent a lot of time in um the uk so i would do i did a lot of tv shows with her um you know um award show pre-records and things like that um and that so then after zara for a bit i worked for clean bandit for a month or so um and then i worked with a new artist called jc stewart um who's who's great um and met um on jc stewart met his musical director william bauman who you might have heard of um and that kind of got me into the duo role and then from there it's kind of full steam ahead once i got that 
Yeah, she loves you. You clearly with her all the time. <laughs> and one, I ask this to everybody, and I'm sure it features in your world as well, but nerves. You're working with huge names, huge talent, and although we don't see you, the gig can't take place without you there. Do nerves feature in what you do? Um, definitely. I mean, I'm never, I'm never kind of relaxed during the show. I'll never get to a point where, you know, the, you know, technology goes wrong. So my whole role is is based on trying to make sure technology doesn't fail. So it's kind of. Yeah, I'll um once back once I'm back on the tour bus having a beer, that's when I'm kind of not nervous anymore. Um but so yeah. perhaps it's not like the the pop star who makes you nervous, the artist who makes you nervous, but just the setup and knowing so much is at stake and you uh, eyes are eyes have got to be yeah, on it all the time. I mean, there's always a, a point where you then you kind of when you start working for an artist that where it's a bit kind of more uncomfortable kind of you know you don't know each other you know it's like any new job it's those type of nerves um but luckily i've always worked with you know really nice people so that that kind of goes straight away that doesn't last very long those types of nerves now and is there a middle man or woman in between you and the artist or are you kind of directly liaising like i don't know i don't even know like about levels and starting again that kind of thing um so yeah, a musical director on these kind of these now bigger projects I'm working for. There's there's always a musical director who um, who's yeah who liaises. You know, he's controlling what comes from my end and what the artist is doing, all that. So yeah, I just follow his direction. I'll have something in my ear, or if we're doing a TV thing, it's like a director saying five, four, three, two, one, go. Or, yeah, several people, which is is one of the the main. Um, issues that can be you know i can have several people asking me for something while i'm trying to do one thing for another person and yeah but yeah out of all the artists you've worked with who makes you the most nervous um it's not the art is it's the level of shows so if you're doing a, a live you know broadcast that's going out in front of millions of people and it's it's up to you to you know, to nail it time-wise when you've got all the pressure of TV world as well as the live show. Um, that's that's how I get nervous. Yeah, definitely when it's a big TV thing, like in a f coming up next month, it's, we're doing the Brits and that, that will be totally live. And, you know, that'll be a, that'll be a big um, pressure point on me. Yeah. Sounds it. I want it because it's not by this, just speaking to you already, it's not just sort of gigs concerts you do it's tv broadcast it's festivals in those kind of occasions where do we find you say at, i don't know at a dua lipa concert are you side of stage are you in one of those little sound i don't uh, even know so, what yeah, most of the time it, i'll be side of stage um and then when we do tv shows i've been all manner of places i've been i've been you know at least a mile away from where where the artist is performing <laughs> in in some in like we did a show in italy a big tv thing and me and the other sound engineer we walked for so long to get to where we were and we couldn't remember how to get back to stage or anything you know it's sometimes you can but because the communication is so great through what you're hearing in your ears and it doesn't matter where you are but yeah most of the time side of stage 
We got talking because of Dua Lipa's live stream concert, which was, you know, some of us, our lockdown project was baking banana bread, but your lockdown project was doing a playback <laughs> on Dua Lipa's. And that was live, wasn't it? It was like a live concert. Yeah, it was a, it was a, a huge amount of work. We were, I was in, I was in London for over a month just rehearsing and, you know, then we went over to Printworks was the venue we did it in. Um, spent a week there just rehearsing and then, then we did it live yeah. and the kind of reception yeah. that we got after we, none of us were expecting it to, you know, to break the records or whatever it did and get the amount of views that it did as well. Um, so yeah, it was one of my, even though it was during a pandemic, it was still one of my favorite things I've ever worked on because it was so, because it was so even, different as well. And maybe even more so because of a pandemic, like when the rest oh, of the yeah, world were kind of just was, nesting in our so, living rooms. So we we had, um, obviously we were supposed to go out on tour for like two years, um, you know, continuously. Um, and we we got, the, we were almost ready to go into production rehearsals, which is the stage after you've rehearsed, you know, the set with a band and all the dancing choreographies done. Um, and we were got the call saying, yeah, the, you know, it's all off and, all went back home, packed it all the way back into the storage unit, and then then the next time we saw each other again was the studio twenty fifty fourth um, rehearsals, and it was you know it's great to just finally do something after months of nothing. You said to me that you were when you were working on it, you felt like you didn't sleep for a month. <laughs> I'm guessing that is not because of excitement. That might be a little bit of stress as well. I mean, it was a it was a you know it was a an hour an hour and a half ish um you know thing that had to we didn't have the the pleasure of you know crowd interaction and clapping and things like so it had to be like you know had to flow and it had to you know and all the choreography and all that kind of stuff had to we had to work out timings i had to it was you know if it was five seconds too long in one point i would have to re-edit the whole thing and you know it was it was a it was a crazy kind of just yeah thing to put together but it came out so well so we're all super proud of it yeah well it is incredible so how long say if you're going on tour with someone yeah let's use that as an example as opposed to the 2054 when do you get involved how far before the tour starts um it kind of differs from uh from artist to artist but um if it's if the the whole show is in a kind of pre-production pre-touring stage um you know it'll be kind of two or three months before before it goes on the road kind of thing and i work kind of luckily i work with great mds um musical directors sorry um who kind of do most of the work you know beforehand um and then i'll kind of we'll tag team together until until it's ready to go on the road so say you know you're going to start on Dua Lipa's live stream. In the days leading up to that, before you even get on set, are you just binge listening to all her music? Like, is it really important you know what the sound is? Um, I mean, we've kind of, luckily I've, uh, you know, I've heard heard it. It is really important to know. Uh, so we do a lot, I do a lot of um, kind of, I'll listen to the record version and then, listen to our version and you know you really need to notice oh that that real real key element is missing um stuff like that um and just 
it depends on if if we if we're going for a real kind of we want to make it sound like the record it needs to sound really polished and uh represent what the you know the listener wants to hear they want to hear the record they want to hear that song they've been listening to for years you know before they've been able to see it on tour or watch the live stream or so yeah it's kind of I'm so I'll, I'll know I'll know these songs kind of <laughs> off by heart by the end of the project I'm so technically novice but does this mean that when the songs that you're playing live at a set have had everything stripped away from them and then added in again because obviously you've got the, the live, live music yeah. element yeah, yeah. So okay, I just had a real penny drop moment yeah. like I get it now so um because pop music it's like there's so much going on and there's so much stuff you can never recreate live and there's so much kind of all the elements that the producers made in the studio that you know you really want to re-replicate live we'll try and do as much as we can live but you know there's there's only four or five or six musicians on stage and there's 50 parts or whatever it's you know so that's why i'm there to kind of back up but then you'll do shows where there is no band so you need me to recreate and play back the whole kind of album version of the song is it important that you like the music you're working with because i <laughs> if you get like a song in your head and you don't like that song that's a very aggravating place to be you are working on these songs i don't know for like crazy long hours 12 hours a day for possibly two years at a time do you have to have a level of enjoyment of the artist's music? Yeah, l luckily, like I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of pop music, and I like, I like kind Love of. Love Leaper. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely do now. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's like, luckily, yeah. I mean, if you restrict yourself to a genre, yeah, you you're gonna work in that genre basically. So I, I've kind of never restricted any of. I've always liked every type of music, and I've I've always. I'm I'm a huge geek, so like I love like if I just like the sound of that bass drum on a song, I'll like the song based off that and weird stuff like that and you know production elements and yeah that's that's kind of what I'm into and it's like 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 I the first three or four months I worked for Doer I only heard Don't Start Now like we didn't do any <laughs> of the song so I that knew, is one of my favorite songs yeah. it was it was the big new single and obviously i was coming into the project on the second album so like yeah i, I was like oh it's quite when we started doing other songs for the tour i was like oh it's quite nice to you know do another song <laughs> your mastermind subject could be Dua Lipa lyrics because you probably know them all <laughs> uh, i'm rubbish with lyrics i wish i could <laughs> i was gonna say do you get to enjoy the gig so like when it's happening live are you able to have a little boogie a little bop are you are you just so kind of like eyes on the screen in front of you and like i don't know i don't know the audio around you like is there any level of breathing space to enjoy and dance um yeah to a point but i yeah like you say i've got to stay you say one screen but i've got like six screens to look at um constantly and just check you know i i look like a psychopath if you were ever come across <laughs> me in a gig i'm just like you know standing with my arms crossed kind of just staring at a load of computers just looking like you know some type of bond villain or something yeah loosen up a little bit <laughs> yeah if you know if if i'm really happy with how the show's going you know towards the last song i'll be uh yeah i'll be dancing away i that is really good to hear that's very important <laughs> i um obviously have never been on the set of a rehearsal but i can imagine that 
you'll have some really good, really constructive days. And then there'll be days where everybody's tired and there's creative blocks and you've got to do it again and again and again. What are those days like on set? If an artist is having a bad day, I'm judging from just like an office place, it kind of, I don't know, like if your manager's in a bit of a mood, that will trickle down to the team. Yeah, it's it's totally, um, you know, we're all equally involved and everyone's got their own, you know, if there's a problem with hair and makeup or something like that, you know, it, 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 it will, it will set everyone back and we've all got things that we need to achieve by the end of the day. So it's like, you just have to, you just have to look at everyone's role as they're all there for a reason. Everyone's got their own kind of thing they need to achieve by that day. So it's like, you just learn, you know, as long as it's achieved at the end of the day and everyone's happy with the result, it's kind of, yeah, that's what it doesn't really matter. I've, if I, if, if you couldn't do this job, if you were wanting to do it as quickly as possible and kind of get home, get home for tea at the end of the night kind of thing, you would, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not that type of job. It's, you, you know, you, the day rate really means you, you, you're there for the day kind of, yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> Speaking of dinner, do you get catered for on set? Which of the artists has the best catering crew? Uh, so I did. I did Ed Sheeran's Divide Tour in 2019. Zara, Zara was um, supporting him, and yeah, probably probably put on a bit of weight after that tour. It was, um, <laughs> I mean, our, the catering was like the best I've ever had, and yeah, it's that part of it is great. Um, we're well looked after, and you know, no matter what your dietary requirements are and all that kind of stuff it's there's there's everything and you know trying to avoid having three desserts at every meal is is the main <laughs> the main problem i was having i'm not saying a tour is a holiday but it must you kind of must have that holiday mindset like i'm not at my home i'm kind of in this far off country and with yes yeah, especially team of people yeah. if you get along with everyone and and it's the summer which helps um you know the first time I went to Australia, it was their summertime. And, you know, that's just like you're walking around and there's Christmas trees and it's and it's 35 degrees and that's just, and you're just like, wow, this is kind of bizarre. And I had a day, you know, a few days off and we went to the beach and went, you know, that that's when you're like, okay, you know, this job's tough, but it's also amazing and like a holiday at times, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that is, sounds like, I don't know the best of your work when you're like on tour having downtime and I'm guessing like it's all the tours dates are going well. What does a bad day at work look like? What kind of factors will just make you think you walk away from wherever it is the sound desk and you're like, oh, I am ready for a glass of wine. Um, yeah. When again, when like technology completely fails you and there's nothing you could, as long as you, I'm always like, there's nothing you did wrong. The technology went wrong and, you know um or you know the another thing is like all your travel has just gone gone to you know the extreme you can never imagine you've missed loads of flights and you're stuck in a country that you're not supposed to be in you're gonna miss the show you're not gonna get any sleep you know i've had plenty of those but you know you get, you, get over, you get over it oh yeah many many times i've had to get trains instead of planes and hire cars instead of you know things like that just to make the show on time but you know it's all it's you always all a, make it it's all on a day's work and you know travel used to really stress me you know before i did it and now it's kind of <laughs> now it's just a it's just a day's work and whatever happens what is whatever happens and there's always solutions 
I interviewed a tour manager, Rebecca Travis, who works on Ellie Goulding's tour. Yeah, I know and Rebecca. She, do you? Yeah. She is queen of the to-do list, calm in crisis. You're probably... So she's like head honcho on the tour bus and telling you all what to do. Do you sometimes feel a bit like it's a school trip? Like, this is our itinerary. You need to be up at six. Like, how much trust do you put in this person? Like, there's a... It's, as long as you're getting the information you need, it doesn't need to be like a school trip or like you say, like that. Um, oh, I quite like that mentality. I love a school trip. <laughs> but every, everyone, you know, if people need um, their own space and their own time, you do, you know, you treat, you have to give everyone kind of, maybe not everyone's enjoying the tour or not everyone's, you know, feeling the same about the tour. So you kind of, you have to be aware of that. But, um, but yeah, the tour, the tour manager can, definitely be your best friend if they uh if they uh keep things organized and yeah have you nailed the technique of sleeping on a tour bus um i did until i was in a tour bus crash which kind of <laughs> which, oh um, my goodness i'm sorry which, and i haven't been on a tour bus since then and i'm not sure how well i sleep after that but yeah you get used to it after a while sleeping on a tour bus thing but yeah that must have been terrifying um yeah, it's kind of, we were all asleep at the time. Most of us were anyway, so we don't really remember it. But yeah, kind of, that was a, that was a, that was definitely a wake up call in terms of like, I mean, they're very rare and very, and it wasn't a major crash and we were all totally fine. Um, but yeah, that was, that was kind of, that was like, oh, okay. Maybe it's not all fun all the time. <laughs> yeah. And for sure, those experiences shape you. So now when you're next trying to doze off on a tour bus, whenever the world allows you to do so. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I much prefer a, a hotel or an airplane seat to to a tour bus now. Yeah. 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 I hear that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so looking back over all the tours you've done, all the gigs you've worked on, is it possible to pick like a cherry on top of the ice cream Sunday moment, like something you are so proud of? Um, even though, you know, I wasn't directly involved uh, with, yeah, cheering tour it was like uh especially the news while i think we were in germany like midway through the tour and it, the news came out that it was like the highest grossing biggest tour whichever way you want to put it and then i was like oh that's 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 kind of a cool thing to put on your cv like you yeah, were really you know, cool you played a really small part in you know the the world's biggest ever tour it's kind of yeah that was definitely a pinch me and when i you know when we when you first start doing stadium gigs that's kind of a that's that's a cool thing you just like wow it's kind of really cool thing yeah you just you go you know you know you do two or three stadium gigs a week and you're just like wow this is like you know so you know you're doing by the end of the week you've done a gig to hundreds of thousands of people and it's kind of it's kind of just crazy and to to just to just kind of go everywhere as well from that it's yeah that was really cool what for about me occasions because i know you've got the brits have you done any of the kind of u.s side ones grammys anything no like that? so so i'm like um like i've only been touring for like two or two and a half years to three years um before that i i mainly just worked in wales um so like there's so many things on my bucket list that i've been you know i've been to pretty much everywhere in the last two or three years apart from the states and i, I can't wait to get over there um so yeah but um, huge, like we did a um, the Korean Music Awards in Japan, which is a bit weird. Um, and that that was 
that was crazy. That was like the biggest production I've ever seen. And, you know, like 80,000 people in an arena. It was kind of, that was a, that, and it's so different to anything you've ever seen kind of like. You yeah, know, the scale of it. Like I've never heard of it and it was, you know, the biggest award show I've ever seen. And, you know, but yeah, lots of, uh, yeah, cool things. Like I always wanted to do the Graham Norton show and got the opportunity to do that with Dua twice now. And that's, yeah, loads of cool things. When you're in a stadium of 80,000 people, I imagine screaming because they adore Dua Lipa so much. Can you hear yourself? Um, yeah, well, Japanese, I don't, you've probably heard this about Japanese fans. They're like, they're the most polite kind of Oh, of course. People. They just applaud politely. So, yeah, smile one, and wave. <laughs> at the end of the song, it's the loudest roar you ever hear to total silence. It's the most bizarre thing ever. Um, but yeah, screaming, I mean... I can't even imagine what it was like for, you know, like people that did the uh, One Direction tour when it was like, well, that, <laughs> that's uh, luckily uh, like the screaming gets loud, but it, you know, never loud enough, but I'm sure on a One Direction tour, it was next level kind of thing. So looking to the future, I'd normally ask, is there any artists you want to work with, but perhaps it's more any events, any venues that you really want to take off? Um. Definitely want to tour the States. That's always something I've, you know, I've, I've wanted to do because you're there for months and months just to work your way through all the, all the States. Um, definitely want to go to New Zealand. I mean, they tend to be, I love travel, so it's kind of comes with a job. Um, but like, uh, yeah, do, doing kind of ticking off if we can do a whole tour of the UK arenas. I've done most of them, but now if we can, I've never done a tour where we're doing every single arena. In the, so it's what? do as new tour will be um, and you're still that's still go, at some point we'll go ahead and you'll be on that tour bus on that plane yeah i mean hopefully hopefully if uh you know and who i mean the tour is still going ahead in september at the moment but you know this weird it's already been postponed like two or three times so i've i've kind of i'm kind of at a loss with it and st- i don't yeah hopefully it will happen but it will in the future and it will be a lot of touring once it does happen and it'll probably feel even sweeter when you do oh, get yeah. that green light because you've I mean, been wanting it for so yeah. long. All like I've been speaking to all the crew and we're all just, you know, we're all just so ready for it. And I've got so many, so many friends that I've made in the industry and we're all just, yeah, we just all can't wait to get back to, like, luckily I've had, I've had a lot of work, so I can't, you know, I can't complain too much, but a lot of friends that haven't worked for over a year now and it's just, yeah. It's a different wait. kind of work, though, isn't it? It's like you you thrive on the road. You thrive in those yeah, big venues. Like, I mean, I I've been working since since I was you know doing this job since I was seventeen. Um, yeah, and it's kind of it's crazy. Just all of it. Just it did stop for me for at least six months, and that was just strange to just be like, oh, like. I'm just sat at home and nothing to do. And it's kind of, and the adrenaline of doing touring and doing shows is like, it's such a, such a high that you can never explain to someone that hasn't ever done it before. And it's to then just have that kind of, yeah. Mellow, yeah it's like mellow, going cold mellow. turkey. Yeah. Yeah. It is kind of, and it's the, the only way you keep going on a tour is from the high of the gig and, you know, next day after next day, it's kind of, yeah, it's been bizarre to, to not have it but it'll be back it'll be back and it'll be back and you've got the brits coming up so you're all good yeah yeah <laughs> yeah ho- ho- just ho- hopefully lots more of 
just everything we can do apart from a gig in front of thousands of people which i'm lucky lucky enough to work be working on some stuff like that so yeah super grateful I have learned so much from talking with you today, mainly what I now know what, I still don't know what you'd say your job, if you are playbacking, what would you say? What would play, the, I'm a playback tech. Yeah. Playback tech. Well, yeah. I've learned so much about playback tech that I never knew. So <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the podcast. That's okay. That's we okay. thank you. always end with a bit of advice, some wise words that you've picked up during your time, during your career. Is there anything that comes to mind? Anything you're like, yeah, I go back to those words a lot and other people should hear them. Um, generally, just being a nice person definitely helps. Um, it is that, you know, once they know you can do the job, it's like that's half of it. The other half is, you know, how you are as a person and do people like you and, you know, do you get up in the morning and, you know, you know, are, are you reliable? You know, can can they, you know, can they you know, hold a conversation with you and have, you know, have a good time and, you know, just be a nice person. I mean, it's like any job that helps. Um, and, you know, a tip I would give, you know, cause I'm from a, you know, a super small village in Wales. It's kind of, and I've made it to an in part of the industry where it's usually just people that are based in and around London that can do it. And I just say, you kind of just have to make your own kind of future with it and, find out who you need to connect with and connect with them and just prove to them that you know your stuff and you know you can get the job done and it doesn't once you get to a certain level it doesn't matter where you're from i i still live in wales um yeah and don't don't let that be a you know a, a stumble block kind of it doesn't need to be you don't need to be in london it's not the be all yeah. and end yeah take geography out the equation and totally, be a yeah. decent person yeah, yeah like that simple but yeah i'm into yeah. it and that, i always think with so the people I speak to on who go on tours regularly, I get the impression that like, yes, you get the highs, but you also get the lows. So it's so important that during those lows, you are the radiator. You're not the drain. You're there to kind of totally, still yeah. like totally, still yeah. boost people a little bit. Yeah. Everyone has down days. That's, that's cool as well. But you know, you but know there's less of them when nice people are around. Totally. You. And yeah, just if, if people like you, you're going to, you're going to have the job for a long time. So Yeah. Well, I hope you do continue to be nice and keep the job for a long time. <laughs> I'm sure you will. Callum, yes. thank you so, so much for talking. No problem. No problem. Thank really you very much. appreciate it. A huge, huge thank you to Callum for chatting. If you want to keep up with his work, he's over on Instagram at callum.lw. If you're still listening, I want to say a big thanks to you too. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please leave a little review, maybe send it to a mate and subscribe to Who You Don't See on your usual podcast app. You can also pay us a visit next time when we'll be joined by Suze Moyes. She's a personal assistant for Disclosure. I look forward to seeing you then.